0: Hey, folks, this is the guy, Chad, and you are listening to a DogCast Studio podcast. Catch new episodes of the Turnbuckle Report every Wednesday. You can listen to us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podomatic, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Follow our shows on Facebook or Twitter. Stay healed, baby.
1: Welcome, folks, to another episode of the Dirtbagger Dispatch. It is V <laughs> A E W Double or Nothing Recap. That's right, just so fucking right. I can't wait to get on this microphone and blow this big up like my granddad, George Motherfucking Jeffrey. That's right. <laughs> I'm starting the show with Gosh our biggest man. fan. Oh, uh, <laughs> just I can't wait. I, I I feel like I'm just. It's a spice drop. It's his to remind I knew it.
0: The guy, Chad. What's up, brother? What's happening? When well, my grandpa George Jeffries built Cave of the Winds. he told me that someday I will see one of the greatest fucking pay-per-views of all time. I still haven't seen it yet.
1: You know why you're so much better at that than I am? Because <laughs> as I'm watching you do that that impression, your eyes always shut. You always close your eyes. <laughs> and it's I have like to. You have to sit. I have to focus. You have to center yourself it in. into character.
0: I have to hone it in. Oh. See, here I am. I'm back in character. <laughs> character. I'm in character. I'm back. I'm back. In character. I'm <laughs> back. In scene. In
1: scene. <laughs> Okay, guys. Please cut the scene. Cut the scene. <laughs> I need to get back into reality, back into my mind. You know I'm what's crazy?
0: Talking about scenes, so we were watching the uh, Friends reunion show on uh, HBO Max.
1: Haven't watched it yet. Heard a lot of people tell me good things, very good things. Uh,
0: I enjoyed it. So the biggest thing that I noticed was is that there how the uh, how the set was set up. You know where they had like the coffee house, their apartment, the hallway. You know Chandler yeah. and Joey's apartment. The whole setup. Well, for the hell of it, we thought, okay, we'll watch the first episode to just kind of gauge all this, and and. If you watch in the very first episode of the season when they're panning into the the coffee house, you can actually see part of the set. I don't know if they did that on purpose, but after having watched the reunion show now, it's like, oh, shit. Now I know where the set is, and they kind of fucked that scene up. Like when they're panning in, you can kind of see the set a little bit. I don't know. Just something I noticed. Uh, not relevant to wrestling whatsoever, but just something that I uh, kind of picked up watching Friends. Uh, especially Dude, that's totally
1: show. relevant to wrestling. How so? Because back in the day, well, I'll tell you, I'm glad you asked, Chadwick. Because back in the day, when I would watch rest, when I would watch Friends, I always had to wrestle my wiener out of my pants when Jennifer Aniston came out the TV. <laughs> you know who I had it in for?
0: It, it probably will surprise you, but Phoebe. I was a big Phoebe guy, man.
1: I thought you were going to say Chandler.
0: No, her weird ass things that she did and her blonde little hair. Oh, back into the scene. Oh my god, Phoebe <laughs> 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 <Anything>.
1: <laughs> oh my god last night's a w a w double or nothing we called it okay you go back and and i was listening to our last episode which you would be you would be shocked to know that i don't listen to our whole lot of our episodes because i'm living in the moment i'm in the reality of everything and i don't go back and listen a lot uh, every now and then i do this is one of the last uh, episodes that i did and um We talked a lot about Orange Cassidy, and this is his moment to shine. We talked a lot about all their investing in Double or Nothing, and it paid off. It paid off. It was a great, great show last night. Not like Donald Trump, great, great. I mean, it was great. It was actually great. It was full of facts. It was one of the best pay-per-views. A lot of smart people have told me this. You see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This was a wonderful pay per view. If I if I didn't if I was gonna pay for a pay per view, this would be it. It would be the most pay per viewiest show ever. Yeah, a lot no, of smart people amazing. give me pay per views for free, so I don't have to pay for those things. Because <laughs> they're very smart people, and that's why they give them to me for free. <laughs> this show was jam packed. They, dude, they, they put all their eggs in this basket. They were going out. They being Tony Khan every time he's on Busted Open, uh, any any Britt Baker, same thing. Busted any interview they were doing on podcasts on radio, um, they were all putting it over that this is this is nobody ever said that this is our WrestleMania, but they put it over. I think you mentioned on the last show they put it over as this is this is comparable to our Starcade. Yeah, so they're really yeah. like this is going to be their thing, and man, they delivered that show. There was a there was a couple things, there was a couple negatives for me, but I cannot start this conversation without saying how entertained I was and how amazing this show was. Hands down, for me, the best pay-per-view AEW has put on
0: yet. I look at this as two ways, right? So we've had AEW pay-per-views where they've had a full crowd. Full capacity crowd, just like they did last night. But I think the fact that AEW had to go a year without a crowd. And then last night had a crowd. You just felt that extra bit of energy, like the opening match with with uh, Adam Hangman Page, right? And and the Machine Brian Cage. You could just feel that energy coming through your television set, man. Just imagine being in Jacksonville and how those people felt. I'm sitting at home watching this, and when they call Adam Page out, and just to see his reaction to the crowd and how much of a pop he was getting, and how huge this was. Oh yeah, it's it almost huge. like that. That even though Serena Deeb. And Rio were out first, and that and that
1: was a good buy-in. Yeah, they were the they were the buy-in match, yeah.
0: And I and I can't take anything away, it was a great match, but I feel like that Adam Hangman Page match and Brian Cage really set the tone. The crowd set the tone because the crowd was fucking hyped the rest of that pay-per-view. I mean they were hyped to see Leo Rush. Since when? I mean, come on, it's Leo Rush, and they yeah. were excited yeah. to see him. So this was huge—a huge night for AEW, a huge night for for wrestling, and a huge night to look forward to moving past this pandemic. I think, and and this will be this will go down, in my opinion, as one of the best AEW pay per views. Not maybe maybe they'll top it one day, but as of now, one of the best.
1: So you know, I, I started this at the buy-in, so we're and it ends about ten o'clock. So we we were at five straight hours of wrestling last night. What stands out to me on that is that five straight hours. It felt like about two to me. It, oh, yeah. What I'm trying to say is the time. The time did not drag on. It was so entertaining from start to finish. Um, I just, I, I, just can't. I really, honestly can't put it over. And I don't, I don't really. Maybe if we go through it, it's fine. I, we can go match by match. I don't. I'm not really interested in that tonight. What I'm interested in we, is talking yeah, about. Yeah, it gets too much. Our high, yeah, our highs and our lows. Um, you know, Where do you want to start? The low section will be obviously pretty small for us, but. You know, let's let's. Uh, I always like to end on a positive note. So let's talk about the negative. Let's go um, into it. For me, for me, you may have had the same feeling. Don't know. We're getting ready to find out. The only negative to this pay per view was the Young Bucks match against Kingston and uh, John Moxley. I think that match had the most potential on the card. I feel like it's the biggest I match like, on the
0: card before the before the pay per view right, started. To me, it right? was the biggest match in the card. Same feeling. Yeah. Same
1: feeling. So I felt like when I'm reading the card, like this one, this one can go the distance. Here's my first problem. Uh John Moxley needs to stop getting busted open because the guy's not a good bleeder. Like he gets good color in the very beginning. And then it's like, it's like he's got too thick of blood or something. It just, it just clogs up too much. And then, and then the rest of the match, you see him hit his forehead, literally scraping his forehead to try to get more color to kind of bring out that where nobody else, you know, has color in the match. So, at this point, I know that that's kind of what his fans want. They want the hardcore side. It's unneeded. It's unneeded at this point. Doesn't have to be everybody. But match. the major, the major thing that just got me on this match, uh, Chadwick, my Chad. I, the fucking young bucks man. The Beck? the Youngbacks? <laughs> yeah, hey, my my cousin hey, yeah, from Boston you, right, he called back, me. Hey, hey, my cousin from Boston. He said, hey, the, yeah, you know, these young backs over here. You know, hey, yeah, hey, you fucking know, young back. Hey, yeah, they're wicked awesome. No, fu- <laughs> Dude, I'm so fucking tired of them. Hey man, I'm so fucking tired. we grab tired a Sammy. We we'll talk about it. Eh? Hey, hey, we'll go over here to Bar. You know, it's over by Havard Yard, and uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll talk about the young we'll back. My Ford and how, Lincoln and Mercury. Yeah, eh? are <laughs> fucking awesome they are. These kids. <laughs> No, I just—they're breaking all the rules. If you want to have a no DQ match, if you want to have a match where you can, okay, here I'm going, I'm going on a tangent. These fucking young bucks do it to me every time. They are not getting heel heat, Chadwick. They are not getting heel heat. No. What they're doing is breaking senseless rules, and they're losing continuity in their own match. I am the host of a podcast. That's, that's, that's the extent of my wrestling knowledge. I'm not a booker. I don't own a territory. Bah, 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 bah. We've been behind the, the, the list scenes. list goes on.
0: We have been behind the scenes. We have see how wrestling We have been a little bit works. behind the
1: scenes for sure. But I'm a huge fan. I'm a longtime fan. I'm a huge wrestling fan that just so happens to have an uh, awesome podcast and gives me a platform to talk about it. But what I will say is the Young Bucks are breaking unnecessary rules. You have five seconds. I checked the rules last night, my friend. You have five seconds in a transition to get out of the ring. Where the fuck is the referee in these matches? Go Why on. isn't the referee enforcing this? If the if there is not a rule for the heel to break, then there is no heel heat. Now it just looks like chaos. And if you want a chaotic match, then that's fine. Tell me it's a no-DQ match. That's all you got to do. But don't give me the impression... That these, these young fucks, because that's what they are to me at this point. Excuse these me. These young fucks. These young fucks are breaking all the rules, and they're still retaining their titles. And holding their hand like they did something. That's the only heel heat they got. That is all the only heel heat in the entire match that they got. I loved when, uh, their, yeah, I think it was Nick, was out there um, impersonating all the greats. I love that kind of stuff. That's, that's pro wrestling at its finest. That was the high point for the Bucks for me. But when they're continuing to not get out of the ring and they fucking win the match on breaking the rules while the ref is sitting there, the ref is fucking standing there with his dick in his hand, and then he's like, oh, "I mean, it's legal to kick him in the head twice with a fucking knee three times." Fuck or it, do four it two times. more times, guys. Might as well I finish mean, him off. I mean, you did it once, and you're the young fucks. Go ahead and do whatever you want here, guy. I mean, seriously, kid, this is wicked awesome that you're doing this in front of me. I'm I'm a pleasure. I'm honored. At this point, I'm fucking honored that you have me in this ring here. Thank you so much. I want to young fuck your dick over here. You tell me when you guys are ready
0: for me to go down and do the one, two, three. I'll wait. You guys go ahead.
1: I'll wait. I'm going to be over in the corner over here talking to (laughs) Agony Kingston because this guy's wicked awesome, okay? I'm going to go talk to him. (laughs) <laughs> and then, uh, and then, when you're ready, I'll I'll just walk over here. I'm not even gonna run. I'll be honest with you. I'm not gonna run. And I have nowhere to go, one, guys. Two, I'm gonna smash with you. Like, <laughs> I like I got nowhere to go. I'm, I'm gonna here. count the one two threes. You're gonna get the you're gonna get the straps, okay? And then we're gonna go to the bar and have a have a few fucking zingers over there.
0: We'll have a couple of sammies, and we'll call it a night. Shit. You know what my gripe you know is with these guys, great? man? And it's always so. Let's go back to uh February 2020 at Revolution. All right. It was. uh it was, uh, I think, Kenny Omega, Adam Hangman Page versus the Bucks, right? And it was a fucking kickout fest of everybody's finisher. Let's see how many times somebody can yeah, pull a finisher like and how many times you can kick out of a fest. And it always seems to be the Young Bucks, so it almost it almost tells me that that's something the Young Bucks say, like when they're out getting ready for a match and they're talking to their opponents, like, "Look, hey guys, look." Nick and I have this great idea. We think if you guys just keep kicking out of our finishers, and we'll do the same for you guys. This is gonna, gonna go over. over. I'm telling you, people fucking love when you kick <laughs> out of their fucking, fucking finishes.
1: It, it doesn't it seem big that way? rose-colored glasses.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm
1: telling you right now. I'm telling you, this is gonna be fucking huge. If you guys don't believe me, go back to Revolution 2020. <laughs> nobody was talking shit about that. We was out there kicking out of fucking
0: everything. I mean, you know how many Everybody. wicked wanting angels I had to fucking kick out of to make that shit go over like at least 50?
1: <laughs> at least 50. Forget about it.
0: Seriously, man. Like, every Young Bucks match, and I'm getting sick of seeing it, they pull their finishers over and over and over. Like, I don't know how many V-triggers uh, Moxley kicked out of. At least three. 20.
1: I-, I think it was three. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm being all literal over here. I-, I believe I did the math on that, and I believe three is our math. number. <laughs> It was it was yeah, enough for right. me to
0: go, you know what, I'm convinced these are the Young Bucks coming up with these ideas, these stupid, silly ideas that everybody just needs to kick out everybody's finisher and we'll 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 end the match when somebody gets kicked in the head 50 times. That's how we'll finish it. Yeah. And yeah. and honestly, yeah. that makes that honestly makes uh John Moxley look like, you know, he can't buy a fucking win when all you're gonna do is stand there and and and, and keep kicking him in the head while the referee doesn't do shit. And the other problem is is that parts of the match I don't know if they're trying to buy or sell that, that Kingston and Moxley are not a tag team. I mean, Moxley hits his paradigm shift. He has him. Kingston's standing on the other side of the ring just watching this all go down. Does nothing.
1: Yes. I think he pulls yes.
0: it on Nick. He puts the paradigm shift on Nick. Matt's standing right there, right next to the ref as Moxley's getting ready to do the pinfall. And I'm thinking, okay, Kingston, now you need to block Matt. Make sure he doesn't. Nope. Kingston right, just sits right. in the corner, allows Matt to come in. Like, who kicks out of the paradigm shift? Nobody kicks out of that shit. The, the match is over at that point. So you can almost tell, like, as soon as I saw that um, they kicked out of the paradigm shift or prevented it, I was like, fuck, the Young Bucks are winning this. Like, I don't even know why I need so to there, watch the rest of this
1: match anymore. There's my there's my problem with the match is, and just just so the, so the naysayers out there that are listening to this, they say that they know that I'm on the right page with them. I don't care that the Young Bucks won. I wouldn't have cared if John Moxley and, and Eddie Kingston won. That's not my problem. I well, don't care cool who the went though. over. Yeah, I don't care who went over. I personally would have liked to see uh, Kingston and Moxley go over. My problem with the match is that you just said it. The entire match, and I believe the runtime on that match is like oh, like 23 minutes or something. You're telling me this entire match, Eddie Kingston, which is a legit badass, by the way. He's on the other side Playing by the rules Hanging on the ropes Watching his buddy Get his ass kicked And the entire match The Young Bucks Are pairing up on these guys And he's just okay with that That's the continuity break That I'm talking about that it, that's, that's what Ruins that for me is, well, their character That's faces, the story right? That these you're not telling These guys
0: aren't heels Or baby faces they're, they're over right But they're not really either They're, they're kind of mm-hmm. in the middle yeah. So mm-hmm. why are we looking at this Like uh, I think they just going to sit faces. there And not let anything happen To his buddy That, that, yeah, that doesn't no, make I, sense to me
1: yeah. I think they're full blown baby faces just because of the uh the pop they get. And oh, they're, doing over, like, Rover, over yeah, they're doing baby face things. Kingston's over. Yeah, they're doing babyface things in the in the ring. They're not cheating really. Um but anyway, I, I digress. It's just I it's just the fact that if you see your team the team you're fighting, if they're breaking the rules to win and you're getting ready to lose, you're you're not going to be like, Well, hell, the ref's not calling them on it. Why would he call me on it? Why wouldn't you expose, as a wrestler? Let's let's take this out of storyline. As a wrestler, if you're in that and you see the ref doing that, why wouldn't you expose his ass on TV? Because everybody's nice watching it. Right. Everybody's watching it. And this dude, this referee, I, I think it was, I, I don't want to get names wrong, but I, I think it may have been Bryce Rinsberg. This ref has a problem with this. He really does. You get Aubrey Edwards in there, and she was pushing. She's pushing people around. Like, nope, back up, fucked hard. I counted to five. Now get the fuck out of the ring. She's doing that in our main event, right? Or with uh, with the triple threat match. She is. She, you know. But you get this uh, Bryce Ritzberg guy out there, and he's he, he's he's got a legitimate problem on his hands out here, and it's killing the continuity. And it just so happens that it's always with the young bucks. So, young bucks, if you're hearing this, fix your shit because you're starting to lose a lot of fucking uh, credibility. In my well, house. not only
0: that, I'm, I'm I'm losing being a fan of the Young Bucks because it's always their matches. So you, I'm now convinced they're the ones making the call to say let's kick out of everything and uh, let's fans love that shit. And, and you know what? It. Honestly, fans probably do love that shit live. If you're if you're there at Daly's place watching this live and watching these kickouts, yeah, probably it probably is fucking amazing. But I'm telling you, from a television standpoint, as the guy sitting at home on his couch watching it, it's not fucking as fun because I don't okay, I'm not there okay. with that energy.
1: The ki- I'm going to give you a specific time. The kickouts were not my problem. There was a time in the match. I want to say probably three, two or three minutes, maybe, maybe like two minutes prior to the actual finish of the match. You saw Eddie, uh, John Moxley in the ring getting his ass handed to him by Nick. Um, yeah, by Nick. Matt's on the outskirts of the ring. Matt comes in. They start doing their kickity, kickity, flappity, flappity, whatever. And Moxley's laying, laying waste in the ring. He's he's laid out. Matt then goes to the outside of the ring, tags in, they do their tag exchange, and then he comes back in and just starts walking around the ring. They don't even hit Moxley. They're just walking around. So there's a blatant disrespect for the rules of what we're supposed to be doing here. And that disrespect is creating chaos where there doesn't need to be chaos because I don't know... They have no credibility. This, am I making sense here? They have they were no doing this credibility. As faces
0: too, you know that right? Like even when they were faces, they were doing that. Nothing, nothing oh, has changed about how they, how their ring. Big reason is. I
1: don't really like the Bucks. If we're being frank about it, really big reason I don't like them.
0: That, that nothing has changed since they've gone fa- to heel. They're, they're that what they do in the ring is exactly what they've always done. They're just doing it a little more heelish, if you will. There's not a lot of, there's not a lot of change there. But to move away from that, there was one other gripe I had. Please you know, do. So, so to move away from the Bucks and the Kingston match. Listen, I don't care who won that, lost that one. It would have been cool to see Kingston Moxley. I think Moxley and Kingston would have brought a cool factor to those belts. Prestigiousness? I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But a cool factor nonetheless. They, they would have brought something cool I to agree.
1: that. Uh, I agree.
0: My other gripe was Sting. Listen, we said we don't want to see the guy wrestle. He fucking wrestled. And Then we said if he's gonna wrestle, he needs to wrestle. Like he needs to get out there and get and put in some work. He did. He did. Mm-hmm. Sting got out there and got it done. But my only gripe with that is is that what's going to happen when these no-cells where he's, you know, Scorpio Sky, you know, does the suplex and then Sting can't get up legitimately. Like you you're 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 taking a huge risk with Sting when you're doing shit like that. And they got lucky last night that he was able to pull that suplex and Sting got right back up cuz I was even my heart stopped for a second. I seen Sting go over, hit that hit his back on that. I was like oh, oh god, is he going to get up? And he did, and I was like, thank God. But I feel like AEW is taking a huge risk with Sting. I, I don't think they need to be doing this too much more often with him. They got lucky last night where that match ended up being legit and it was good. And Sting went out and did his old school shit and the Stinger splash and all that. Um Scorpion Death, all that was great. But AEW got lucky. And that's my that's my only take on that. And that's the only gripe I have. Um, they
1: just need to be careful putting that dude in those kind of matches. So when we were when me and my boys, my boy and uh, my little nephew, when we were all talking about the show after the show, um, I made a point to say one of my highlights of the show, a hundred percent, was Sting, because he beat my expectations. He suspended my belief. He did what a pro wrestler is supposed to do. He, uh, you're right. I was not excited to see Sting back in AEW, but when they put him in the capacity they did, I thought this makes sense. They're being overt about giving Darby Allen the rub. I'm okay with that. And then they have their little cinematic match. Eh, it was what it was. It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. I am you know, it is what it is. And then they bill him on double or nothing, arguably their starcade that he's going to be in the ring and he's going to be chopping it up. He comes out, drops the trench coat, and I'm sitting here going, "What? Well, 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 hang on, isn't this dude like, what is he like, fucking 62? Yeah, he's old. Is he sixty two? Yeah, he's in the. Yeah, 60s. I mean, same age as my I, dad. My God, he looks amazing. He looked cut up. He's wearing the old ninety eight WCW ring gear, which I loved. I loved the throwback. I love the homage that Darby Allen gave him with the face paint. Uh, those are all. Those are all the things you want to see your young bucks. No pun intended. That's all the things you want to see them do to the veterans when they come in. Now, I don't think they're going to play this this card with staying. I think they gave him his moment in the ring, um, and he can go off into the sunset. I I don't think you're gonna see a whole lot of wrestling with him, and I don't want to because I want that taste in my mouth. You know what I'm saying? I want that to be the last I see sting on on pay-per-view, because that's the sting I remember growing up. Um and, and that was the best. I, I It's it's like that Toby Keith song, you know? I mean, it ain't as good as I once was, but I'm a good once as I've ever was. That's exactly what we saw out of Sting last night. That dude brought it, he made that match, and he was the only one I was focused on. It took me back to when Sting, Goldberg, Hogan, Nash, all those guys are in WCW, and that fucker would just come from the rafters and not do anything, and I was captivated by him. He had the same caption. Had the same thing going for me last night, so yeah, couldn't put that over enough. Just uh, like you said, though, but don't keep going back to it. Yeah, you gave us what we it. wanted. Don't keep going back to it. I'm done hey, with god it now. You Thank last you. Night that was that an amazing
0: match, yeah. and Sting fucking brought it.
1: I wonder how he's feeling today. To be honest, he's uh, hurt. That'd he's be 60. interesting.
0: You know, he's old. I'm sure, but yeah. And then and then what we got here? So let's get into the better shit, man. Let's talk about the good stuff. Yeah, let's talk highlights. That, let, let's talk about Doctor Britt Baker and Hikaru Shida, which oh, was, my god, in my New opinion. Besides the besides the AEW title mm-hmm. match, that was the number two match of the night. Like That was a damn agree. good match.
1: And again, again, agree. I'm
0: saying that, and it had Britt Baker in the match. A year ago, I would have never said that. You know what I mean? no. Nope. Nope. A year ago, I would have never said Britt Baker was the top match of any pay-per-view. But here we are. A year later, fast forward in Britt Baker. There, there's just something she did. she did. I don't know what she did. I don't know if she changed her game. She got better. She worked her ass off in the ring. I don't know what she did. She All of her moves were spot on. Her her in ring work was on point. Um, she did she did at the end, you know, when Tony Schiavone came over and gave her a hug, she broke character for a little bit. But you know what? She earned that shit. You know what? 100%. I'm okay with her breaking character for you know five minutes to 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 show a little pride that she earned that AEW title.
1: It's a lifelong dream
0: the the lockjaw to get to that point where everybody expected that to come and come and come and Hikaru kept getting ways out of it and ways out of it and kept trying to pin her and pin her and she couldn't she couldn't put Brit down brick had brick Brit had grit a <laughs> hey, brick Bakeover. brick I was trying to say uh Brit and grit and it came out as brick uh she had a lot of grit last night and finally when she put in that lock that that lockjaw I knew I was like you know what she's the new women's champion right there as soon as she got I was like it, that's over Nobody nobody gets out of that shit. And uh, what it did do is it allowed everybody on the roster, the women's roster, to show that Britt Baker is the top women's champion. And she's strong. She's a strong champion. Like You're going to actually have to go in and put some work in to whoop her to lose that title. I suspect to see Britt hold that title and retain a few matches. I think she's going to go in there and kick ass for a while and be the women's champion for a hot minute.
1: You know, I couldn't have said it better myself. I think that Britt Baker just established herself as uh, not just the leading female in the company, but one of the top five leading wrestlers in the company. I'm telling you folks right now, if you're not watching AEW, Britt Baker is putting on enough performance that she's going to be the reason you turn on AEW. Just like Charlotte Flair is the reason I watch Raw. That's what the, that's the kind of level of Britt Baker is approaching. Technically... Uh, technical wrestling, she still has some work to go. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about over. This woman's over. It was her time last night. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. I mean, she is on point from everything. On th- On point from the promos to getting the buy-in from us, from seeing how hard she works with still having her, her dentistry background. And then to the ring gear. Uh, the ring gear really stood out to me last night because I thought, my God, I, I don't know if I've seen a wrestler in a long time really take a moment in time like that that her getting color on live TV, taking a moment and turning it into a lifetime career because she changed everything. She realized what she really had when that ha- that moment happened. She has t-shirts. She has uh, a promo. She's cut off of that one moment. And now her ring gear reflects the blood, the crimson mass coming down. I loved it. That there's n- Brit Baker can't do no wrong in AEW right now. I right don't know now. what happens in the future, but right now, She's 100%. She can't do no wrong. She's got everything hitting on every level. She's turning heads. She's turning heads when she walks in the door is what I'm saying.
0: The only complaint you alluded that people to have it. is that she's a heel. Because they feel like there's too many heels as champions right now in AEW with Miro, the Young Bucks, Omega, and now Britt. I, we said this. What, but that's did we the problem, a Chad. I don't,
1: care if, I don't care if it's a heel or a baby face. I want a good champion.
0: Well, didn't we say this a couple of weeks ago? Maybe, I don't know if we said this on air or we just said it to each other. If we did say it on air, I'm going to say it again. This wrestling is about the heels now. I'm sorry. You've got you WWE. Did, that was on air. Yeah. WWE has their faces putting over the heel, not the heel putting mm-hmm. over the faces. Like this, yeah, we're was, in the yeah. era of the heel. I'm sorry, folks. Heels are going to get over. Heels are going to be your champions now. And guess what? The entire card could be fucking heels now. It, it doesn't matter anymore. Heels, we're in the era of the heels. Period. I don't know how else to put it. That's that's the way it is. Britt Baker is the women's champion that AEW needs. She is the yeah. champ, and she's deserving. She put in that work. How many wrestlers can you say bury themselves, crawl out of that fucking hole, and then become the most over women's wrestler in all of wrestling? Like that never fucking happens. And Britt did it. So give the woman what she deserves. Clap your fucking hands. Heel or baby face, she did her, okay? So give her the props she deserves, folks. Stop bitching about how many heels AEW has on the roster. Ugh. It doesn't matter. She she earned that shit.
1: Well, it's these wrestling fans, these fucking smart marks that just need to shut up and, and suspend your belief for two seconds and enjoy what's happening. You know, and that's the problem is sometimes you watch so much wrestling and you've watched it for so long and you start to figure some things out. I've said this on the show a hundred times. WWE has pulled the curtain back way too far and they've created all these smart marks. I try when I watch wrestling, when I watch WWE or AEW, whatever the wrestling is, New Japan, I try to suspend my belief and, and try to take myself back to being 12 years old watching wrestling because that's how I enjoy it because then I can invest. Just like this triple threat match last night. This I lost my voice. I'm in a room. I'm with uh, like I said, I'm in my in a room with my nephew with my with my son. And I, I look at him and say, OK, who do we got, boys? I'm wearing the Kenny Omega shirt and he's healed as a motherfucker right now. So these two young boys don't want nothing to do with him. They're like, oh, you fucking, have, you can have Kenny. Uh, my boy, my son took Orange Cassidy and my nephew took uh, Pac. That match was on the edge of your seat technically sound the false finishes every false finish I'm telling you and this this is something I get a little nervous with 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 uh, Kenny Omega every false finish was legitimate it made sense and it was clean every one of them orange Cassidy he did it he did exactly what he needed to do I can view him now as a champion because he dropped the bullshit attitude he gave the fans what he wanted. He did the fucking hands thing in the pockets. He gave them what he wanted. But then when he had that point in the match, just like we talked about, he had that point in the match where he realized, that shit's just cute. I'm not going to be a champion doing that. And he stopped. And all you saw the emotion come over his face. And now he's got he's to whoop Kenny's ass. And it took Kenny having to cheat. It took Don Callis coming out having Kenny to cheat for him to lose. Orange Cassidy is in the championship runs now. And I can see it because he had to tap into that mean attitude that
0: I'm gonna fucking get him and he used his Chris Jericho match as an example of where he has to go Mm -hmm. to win a match too he's used he's been using that when he cuts a promo now about am I deserving sure I'm deserving I mean who's the guy that beat Chris Jericho in the in the mimosa match he's using those as examples to show people look when I have to dig deep I'll get rid of that sloth put my hands in my I will fight and I will earn it. And, and you know what? Before those Chris Jericho matches, he was simply a sloth type wrestler, where he was putting his hands in his pocket, a lot of gimmick, a lot of showboating in the ring. Fans love that shit. It got him so overdoing that now. You can't do that in a championship match and get away with it, though. You can't. You actually, you you can give the fans what they want, but at the same time, you have to do what it takes to be a champion too. So, I think. Orange Cassidy figured out a way last night to do both, give the fans what they want, still look like a championship wrestler. Do I think this next championship bound is going to be for the AEW title? In the future, no. yes. Could be. Could be with MJF, could be anybody, whoever has it. I think now Tony Khan can look back and say, okay, let's put you in some PT. shit with Miro now. Let's put you yeah. and Miro in Miro and some shit and see what happens. And fuck, we'll throw Pac in there too. We'll keep yeah. this shit, we'll keep that train rolling. Uh, What was tough for me about that match last night is I'm over on Pac, I'm over on Omega, and I'm over on Cassidy. That was a tough match to sit there and go, like, who do I want? Because as the match kept going, Cassidy's pop got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And Pac is like, you know, you start forgetting about Pac, and I didn't like that. I don't like that. I'm like, Mm -hmm. Pac is still in this match. Yeah, but a triple threat match does that. You've
1: always got one person that's going to be hiding in the background.
0: Pac is still a badass. He he's he's he's, he's like you said. He's a killer. He's a killer, and and uh, to see Omega win wasn't heartbreaking for me, but at the same time, I think Cassidy had done enough in the match that this was his test run. There, he was never going to win that match, but they teased the shit out of it, and I think Tony yeah. and the yeah. rest of the like the the rest of the people in the back teased it so much they wanted to see what would happen if Cassidy had the one two. And half that, almost to that three to see how the crowd was going to react. The crowd lost their fucking minds thinking he was going to win. When they yeah. saw Aubrey come out, that what happens usually when another referee comes out? That person wins. And the crowd mm-hmm. was going nuts. Everybody in that, in that place knew at that point when Aubrey came mm-hmm. out, Cassidy's the new champion. There wasn't one fucking person in that ring, including myself, and even you at home. I guarantee even you oh, thought yeah. it. Yep. When she ran out, you're like, oh my god, he's the new champ. Holy shit! Yep. And, yep. uh, no, no he I wasn't, did. but
1: they teased that to That's see how smart. the crowd
0: was going to react. And they got their answer. He's a champion.
1: You know, that reminds me, uh, Kenny Omega is at a different level right now. He's at that Ric Flair level. This is the stuff that Ric Flair would do in the late eighties as the NWA champion. He would go into a territory. Most specifically I remember as the Von Ericks, he would go in with carry Von Erick and he would get, get them oh, to man, a fever so pitch. They would get him to a fever pitch where you thought your guy was your, your local champion, we'll use Kerry Von Erich, was going to do it. He's going to beat the NWA world champion. And Flair would get him right to that point and then trick him out of it, do some cheater, some tomfoolery, some cheating, win the match, and go on to the next town. Kenny Omega is in that same role. I'm telling you, 15 years from now, 20 years from now, we're going to be talking about Kenny Omega the same way we talk about Ric Flair right now.
0: And somebody else who is over. I mean, for fuck's sake, can we just? AEW's got a problem on their hands. They've got Orange Cassidy, they've got mm-hmm. Pac they've got Omega, they've got Moxley, they've got Kingston, and they've got Jungle Boy.
1: I'm so glad you brought him up, and we didn't. You didn't allow us to forget about this. He is a number one contender now, and I popped when he won. I oh, and Adam so Hingman, page is still there this too, kid. by the way.
0: Adam Hangman Page is still there, too, by the
1: way. Exactly. This is the Attitude Era happening all over again. They got got more over than they don't.
0: Right. There's too many over people in this company now. And that's what they wanted, right? They're a new company. They want a lot of guys over to keep people coming in. Fantastic. But here's my problem with this is that I have been waiting for Jungle Boy to finally get a fucking strap for a year now. Are they finally going to do it? And he's the number one contender for the AEW title now. And it makes me nervous because we know where Cat we we know what we saw Cassidy do. He didn't win. We know well, dude, where Omega yeah. is in his career right now. For Jungle Boy to be the number one contender, this is more of the same shit? Like, oh, he got there. He's going to be in the match, but he's not going to win. Like, I'm tired uh, of that. No. I need to see Jungle Boy with a strap, man. I think Tag the title,
1: is TNT. I don't care. Jungle Boy is over like a motherfucker. His pop. Way over. People people singing along to the the Three Ninjas song. People are just fucking over on this kid, to include myself, to include myself. But the question is, and AEW kind of does this, so I'm I'm excited to see what's going to happen on Friday. Are they going to go right into your next number one contender against your current AEW champion? Are they going to go right into it? I kind of hope they don't. I want them to kind of set on it a little bit, make us forget, do some other shit. Make us forget this motherfucker is the number one contender. Excuse my all my French tonight. I'm I'm drinking straight fucking rum over here, man. Um, the the pirate in me is coming out. But let me sit on the let me sit on this a while and then make me remember that he has the number one contendership. Use it almost like the WWE uses the Money in the Bank match. Make me forget about it and then bring it up when I least expect it and suspend my belief. That's what I really want to see suspending my belief it seems to be the, the 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 code we've been talking tonight. I was not excited when they introduced and said when they announced that we were going to have another stadium stampede match. Um, I wasn't over on the first one but a lot of that is I think that Matt Hardy ruined that for me um like all wrestling that I've watched with him since I don't know 2001. sorry fans the people's host is not a Matt Hardy fan. He's not in the match. they have potential here. I knew 120 percent. I knew that the inner circle was going to win this match and I'm going to tell you why I knew that. Not two weeks ago, Chris Jericho was on busted open and as he's talking about the current lines, the current stories, this is where this third this is where the curtain is being pulled back too far. He keeps talking about wait, hang on for it, folks, just wait until you see what we have planned for the inner circle and pinnacle throughout the summer. Okay. But so when you it. say something like that and then you tell me there's a stipulation on the match that if we lose we have to disband, I a hundred percent know that, okay, the inner circle are baby faces, they got their asses handed to him the last one. There's a stipulation now. There's no chance loser leaves home. That's not gonna do it because you already spoiled it for me. You already told me, you already pulled the fucking curtain back too far and told me that wait and see what we got planned. <clears throat> so you weren't worried. Not at all. You I wasn't and I'm glad seat. they put I'm glad they put it on the end of the night because it cooled me down. It was very entertaining. Don't get me wrong. It was very entertaining. I love the entrance of the inner circle. A lot of entertaining things, and it was way better than the first Stampede match. But when I know what's going to happen, I was my high was that triple threat match. So after that, it was just kind of like, hey, this is my drink to calm me down at the end of the night. That's how I felt.
0: You know what it was for me is that I just mentioned a whole bunch of guys who are over right now and I forgot mm-hmm. one because he was the one that ended the match and won the match for the inner circle last night Sammy, Sammy Vera, That is yep. one ta- we we've been saying this for a while now at least I have yeah. he is one talented ass wrestler you you love him or hate him he's he's got more talent in his little pinky than most of that roster and he's good on the mic he's charismatic he's good in the ring what more mm-hmm. can you ask out of this guy he is like you can't. He's Eddie can't. fucking Guerrero, man. Like, come on. I mean, this guy's over too. One hundred percent. He's he's AEW's got a real problem on their hands. They have too many guys that could be in the championship caliber guys right now, and the, it's a good problem to have because now they're going to have a lot of people tuning in every week to see which one of these fucking guys are going to be wearing the belt next. And you know, it's yes, you still these have are good Cody. problems to have. You still have Cody out there. I mean, nothing I, I won't take anything away from the Anthony and Gogo match. He, he honestly should have lost that shit. I don't I don't see why he needed to win that. I think that was a time to put a new guy in the company over, especially someone who's trying to break into the wrestling scene after being a boxer. You still got Cody who is super over too. But Sammy Govera last night proved to me, just like Orange Cassidy, just like Jungle Boy, why these guys are going to be the future of AEW and wrestling, period. If AEW mm-hmm. falls tomorrow and WWE buys them out, these guys will be big in WWE too. Sammy Govera will be. If Sammy mm-hmm. Govera jumped ship, went to WWE, he's going to be one of their top Over. guys in WWE. Period. Uh, he might get buried by inter-
1: Roman. Yeah, he'd be. Yeah, Roman will probably inter- bury his ass, but
0: he'll be a top guy. He'll be in the top matches with like Seth Rollins and shit. But yeah, that the way he finished that match. Um, I, I, really, all I'm trying to say is I'm giving props to Sammy. Sammy did a fantastic. I like job that they've.
1: I like that they finished the match in the stadium, not not the empty stadium. Uh, that they no, took I, it. Yes, they took it in, in Daly's place. That's exactly. I love that have they fin. Been. I love that they finished there because then you saw what we haven't seen for a year and a half. You saw a sold out capacity crowd to the rafters pop. Right. I'll tell you something right now. These AEW fans were on their feet their entire show. As I would have been too. I'm so jealous that you get to go to, to AEW and experience this. Um, I'm telling you, the, the, the AEW has something that WWE can't fucking buy right now, and it's a fan loyalty. These you know fans I, are so over.
0: Do you know what I realized about this? And I and I just dawned on me last night when I was watching the pay per view. I have tickets to the Go Home show. Yeah. To, so the pay per views that Sunday. I'm going to their go-home show. That's going to be huge.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm, so that's I great. So you're going that. to the go-home, and the the I, I got the rebound show from, I think it was Full Gear when we went. I think it was Full yeah, Gear. Yeah, I think oh, you were the Aftermath anyway, the, it, But that's the thing right now with AEW. Every dynamite is great. Every rampage is great. How can we overlook? I cannot close the show without talking about our boy Mark Henry. Oh, yeah, he's showing up. In A-E-W. Oh, Oh, my God. I lost my shit. This, to me, and I can't wait to talk to Josh about this whenever that is. This, to me, is bigger than Big Show. Definitely bigger than Cage and way more huge. It's the hugest thing than Christian Cage. A lot of smart people told
0: me to get Mark Henry, so I did. Very
1: very smart people. I don't know why why I sound like JFK. JFK. (laughs) <laughs> Your JFK era I'll tell the you era, right era. Now, Mark Henry showing up in AEW Watch the fuck out This just happened I'll tell you right now Mark Henry He knows he's heel And there ain't no change in it So you're heel You're babyface You do you baby
0: has been a dog cast production.